Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thanks for tuning into the Local SEO Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share the episode. Joining me today is Rafi Gamgotchan. He started Triada Networks in 2008 and continues to be a leader in the IT and cybersecurity industry. Thanks for being on our show today, Rafi. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Um, so I'm excited to hear a little bit about you, how you got started, and maybe share with the audience members um, what got you into starting your own business. Maybe go way back into, um, you know, maybe earlier years. Yeah. So um, grew up around computers. My dad's a computer programmer. When we came to the United States uh, in the 70s, uh, he took me around his work and got, a, you know, I got my love for computers then. So it was kind of like a foregone conclusion that I would go into computers and, and IT. Uh, after graduating with an engineering degree, I worked in corporate IT for about 12 years. And uh, one, of, uh, one of the managers had, who had just left tapped my shoulder and said, hey, look, I'm starting an investment firm. I'd like you to help me build out the infrastructure. Uh, and that gave me the, the, um, the opportunity to build a company from the ground up from, the, from a technology point of view and also learn how to build a business. And so uh, two years after that, I decided this is kind of a cool thing. I'm going to start doing this for other companies. Uh, and a number of other managers from that same investment firm started popping out and said, hey, can you, I heard what you did for them. Can you help us build our, our thing? And that's, that's how we started. We started rolling with it from that point of view. That's amazing, man. So in terms of like, um, how far back did you start learning computers? Because again, um, you started your business 12 years ago. And before that, you were in IT for 12 years, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, how, what has changed? Like IT has evolved in terms of advancement of technology and everything else. Like, were you always in cybersecurity? Like, what, what were you doing? No. Yeah, so great, great question. So when I actually, uh, when I was in corporate IT uh, prior to starting uh, Triada, I, um, we had a little event where uh, we had just, we had just started building out our connections to the internet. So this is really early, kind of mid 90s. Right at that point, we had just had email. We didn't have any other internet uh, browsing. Somebody got an email and clicked on it and it started infecting the network. And so it was kind of all hands at that point, trying to figure out how what happened, isolate it, then jump in, try to identify how it got in and, and all that. And just that that whole the thrill of unraveling all that really got me excited and said, okay, this is where I want to focus. And so from then on, I started focusing more on cybersecurity to the point where we were, we were acquired by a number of uh, bigger investment firms and our small operation kind of became the model for the rest of the firm to start a security program because the company didn't have one at that point. So as we built the security program, me and my team, um, that that kind of got us uh, around that that thing. And that was just kind of the beginnings of uh, and 
of what now we call cybersecurity, but that was that was what it. So when we started uh, Triada, we knew that we wanted to be a security focused IT services mm. company. Gotcha. So right now, what kind of industries do you focus on? Is it still well, startups or? Most of the time it's investment companies. Uh, what we do is our primary client base are small investment firms that are uh, large enough that need our services, which nearly is every investment firm, even if they're really small, uh, that can't afford to have a full-time IT staff. And so when, even with a company that may be able to afford a full-time person, it's sometimes beneficial to work with a company like ours because now you have the breadth of experience of 20 plus years, 25 years of, of IT and cybersecurity specifically in investments. So, um, you know, I've been working with investment companies since 1995 and uh, that brings along a lot of uh, um, idea and concept of how to, how to support companies like themselves at a smaller scale. That's amazing. And this is what I mean by like owning your niche and space, right? Be the expert in that domain. And I love hearing that because 20 plus years of knowing your ideal type of client, knowing exactly what triggers they are, are and what really you need to provide support, right? Yeah. Um, from, and from a business point of view, it was interesting because when we started our company, we necessarily we didn't necessarily focus on financial services. They happened to be who our first clients were, and that's where our experience was. But, and it, you know, thick head, it was, a, it took me a couple of years to realize, hey, most of our best clients are in the financial services industry. Maybe we should actually market to them rather than just be a general marketer around IT. And that's been really a, a boon for us. Absolutely. Exactly. One, once you realize like, your ideal type of client and the best long-term value um, customers, right? Loyal ones that treat you right, take care of you. Um, those are the ones that you want to resonate with and get more of. So I love hearing that. Um, can you take me back a little bit about, I know you mentioned about your dad. Where did you guys uh, originally come from and why we're like New York, out in the suburbs, which is New Jersey. Were you always uh, living there or... Yeah, we, um, so uh, I was born in London. Um, my dad was <clears throat> going to university there uh, while he was married to my, to my mom. They had moved there from, to Beirut. So my dad had, uh, we're, we're Armenian by, by race. And, you know, for us, we're kind of spread all over the world. Um, my grandparents had settled into the Middle East. And my dad had left the Middle East in order to go to, to university. My mom went along with him. And that's why I was born in London. By then, by the time my dad was out of school and then started to work, the, uh, my grandparents had moved from, uh, from Beirut to the States. And they put, settled into New Jersey because we had some other family that had settled there uh, prior to that. And that's what drew us to uh, to come to uh, the New York area. Amazing. And then what got you um, motivated to kind of pivot away from working in corporate? I know you mentioned someone, a colleague tapped on your back to help them. But, you know, what, what really triggered you to kind of do your own thing afterwards? Yeah, it was I had it was kind of two major things. Um 
by that point I had hit my, the top of my potential at that, at that company, unless I wanted to move to another state. Uh, we had too much family here in the Northeast. It wasn't something that was really in the cards for us to move to, to Texas to, uh, to further go of my career. So I could have stayed where I was and I would have been very comfortable, but uh, I had a little bit of an itch. My dad was a business owner. Uh, he was a you know freelance consultor, consultant. My mother had a, 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 a hair salon for many, many years. So we kind of had a little bit of an entrepreneurial itch in it. My, my wife's side of the family uh, ran businesses. Um, so it was kind of like, uh, you know, with, with all those coming together, plus, all right, I want to be able to kind of own my own destiny at that point. That's really kind of what set us off. It's amazing to hear. So um, were they uh, inspirational to you or were Absolutely. they kind of mentors? Like who really guided you or were there people that you actually turned to early days for advice? Yeah. So my, my mom and my dad definitely were, I would say inspirational for that. I wanted to control kind of what our outcome was. I saw the kind of family life that we were able to uh, have as a result of that. And so, and I want, I had, I have four boys. I wanted to kind of build something that they could also uh, potentially step into. And that was kind of the only real way to be able to do that is to, to be a business owner from primate, from a, from a mentoring point of view. Uh, I would say the most would be my, my, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law has, has had a couple of small businesses and he had started his most recent business shortly before I started mine. And so along the way, we've been uh, helpful for each other, him mostly to me on how to kind of manage and, and understand, even though we're completely different industries and, and, and all that. Um, I would say our joint, when I first started Triada, we joined a couple of uh, IT services organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, ASCII was a big one, um, a few others, yeah. CompTIA. And that's been really, um, that has been really been helpful to, connect with our peers to understand what the industry was at that point we were just kind of working at the seat of our pants partly on the what what an it company is supposed to look like partly what we should be doing on the business side i didn't really have any business experience other than what i had seen uh in corporate and that's not the same as running a small business yeah and i love hearing that because um everyone goes through their own journey and destiny right and for you there were at least someone that you can kind of, you know, ask questions, right? A lot of people are doing it alone, especially if you're a solopreneur and there are people out there that are willing to support and help you, right? Throughout this whole journey. Um, And you're wearing so many hats as a business owner. Um, So being in business, working for corporate is completely different from owning your own business, as you know. Um, There's not just one thing that you're delegated to. You got to take care of operations, HR. You got to take care of your clients. You got to take care of support. You got to work 24 seven. You got to be there and you're accountable, right? So a lot more goes on. You have way more responsibility than you think. And, you know, at the early days, I'm sure you can attest to this. How difficult was it in terms of the transition? Were there times that you said, I had enough. I want to go back to corporate. 
I, I that still that still happens even after you know, <laughs> being in business for twelve years. It's it still happens. Or it's like you know I could have just been sitting in my office and kind of uh, sipping my coffee and you know and doing that thing. And uh, but then there you know then you remember all the other uh, the good parts you know. And so when certainly in the beginning. Uh, learning that I'm no longer just an engineer or a manager. I mean, I had management experience, but I didn't necessarily, that doesn't equate to uh, running a company where you're also doing sales. You're also doing accounting. You're also doing the other things. And uh, that was a big, you know, learning curve for us uh, early on. And we've still learning where we, you make mistakes, you learn from them, you hear other people's mistakes, you learn from them. And that's, that's part of the process and the journey. Um, and that's been, uh, that's been, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where you also have to be coachable, you know, you find coaches, you find mentors and, and you, you listen to them, but you have to make it your own and, and do your thing. So, uh, let's get on that topic. Um, are there people that you still use as mentors or coaches? Like, how did you kind of form what you have today? Was it through those people or was it kind of trying to figure it out? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, Yes, to all of those things. So we, we've, uh, we've been involved with lots of different groups and organizations that have had people who are leaders of that have a kind of a, you know, you, you can almost call it punditry or some kind of worldview on how companies like ours should be run and managed. Um, we've been in peer groups that where you know, we get together in non-competitive ways to discuss how we run our businesses, what our goals are, how we, and we hold each other accountable. I've been in a number of those. So I would say like each of these has added, um, you know, a brick to our wall, so to speak, to kind of grow out how we've, uh, how, how I formulated my uh, kind of my thinking and it's evolving. You know, I've, I definitely have some thoughts on how for us is the right way to do things. But, you know, we, even 10 years in, we did a massive shift on how we structured our, our support offering. Um, previously, we used more outside people. Now we have more inside people. So it's kind of lots of different, the company is always evolving and I'm always evolving. That's, that's great to hear. So it seems like you're always pivoting. You're trying new things to see if it works, right? And if it actually works for you because everything is individualized for your yeah. business. And because you're in control, it's okay to try it, right? Um, as long as it's not detrimental to your client base, right? Or your yeah, operation. And I, and I think we've made, that, we've made that error in the past where we've uh, maybe changed things too quickly. Yeah. Uh, and not let things bake and settle and sometimes going for the, the new shiny thing rather than uh, trying to work with what you have. And uh, that's also bitten us in, in the past, but we've, you know, we do our best to, to, to learn from that and move on. Yeah. So a lot of people are in the analysis paralysis situation. They overanalyze, but as long as you take small steps, you try different things, yeah. you're pivoting, you make mistakes, learn from them. It sounds like you've done a great job doing that. Um, so a couple other questions in terms of some of the challenges or mistakes that you've made over the last couple of years, can you share some with the audience members? Yeah. So um, I, a few that I've made, I would say, I mean, probably more than I can remember 
there are a couple that come to mind for sure. When we first started early on, we had done, <clears throat> we had some work with some vendors uh, that we, that some other uh, IT companies wanted to work with and didn't have the connection or whatever it was to, to, to work with that company. So we took it on face value that the IT company, these other IT companies, they weren't really competitors to ours. They were not in our area. So I was willing to help out and we still do. We help out IT come other IT companies all the time, but we, uh, uh, we, we sold them some equipment without getting paid up front. And uh, it was a quite a bit of money uh, for that time. This is going back like uh, about 10, 11 years, almost it's the first couple of years of being a business uh, that hit us hard when they decided not to pay. And uh, cause we delivered the equipment, we had to pay our vendor. Uh, and uh, that was, that was hard. So we ended up having to actually take a loan to pay off the vendor and then pay off the loan. So that was, it ended up being even more expensive than the initial loss. <clears throat> yeah so you you then put in a procedure at the beginning for upfront payment like what what did you do afterwards yeah for so for stuff like that if it was a company that we hadn't been doing business with ongoing um yeah. you know we we expected an upfront payment uh before uh doing that now for our customers uh we do a little bit differently so if we have a client that we've been doing ongoing where we have some clients that we've had since the beginning yes they asked me to order a new computer. I'm going to order them a new computer and invoice them. I'm not going to necessarily uh, wait for them to pay in order to send something. Some would disagree with that. Uh, I, I look at it as, you know, it's kind of a good business practice. I have 30 days to pay. Um, they need to pay me right away within that. If they pay me within that 30 days, you know, we're good. So it's, it's not a, it doesn't end up being a, a problem for the most part. Um, but that's definitely one of the processes that we, we adjusted, we adjusted for. Um, we also, another uh, common, another mistake that we learned uh, a few years later was um, we kind of do these, want to say all-inclusive packages. You pay one fee, you get all a bunch of services kind of in the box, uh, so to speak, uh, every month. And uh, one of our oldest clients uh, was moving offices and there was really no way for us to uh, capitalize on that in any way and end up becoming a net loss for us to do that because we did it under the inclusion of our existing contract rather than having specific exclusions like, hey, if you do something like this drastic, like moving offices, that's not covered and that's going to be an additional billable. So along the way, we've learned to add and adjust what our contracts look like in order for that. I mean, we never really want to refer to our contract for what we're doing, but sometimes it's necessary and, and you want to make sure that you're covered. So we learn to talk to the right lawyers and make sure that we have the right uh, terms of service in that. Um, and that's that, that. those are the things that you've learned along the way. Yeah. And I love your examples because it happens to every business owner, right? You got to take care of your loyal customers and 
you do things for them, right? That you wouldn't do if they are new because they've been with you for years and you know they're going to pay your bills, right? They are reliable sources. And so it's more of the relationship building that is important. Um, and then, of course, for certain scenarios, yes. Um, and then once you've ate the loss or you've kind of understood what you need to do to improve, you just incorporate moving forward. So I love those. Yep. Um, in terms of running a business now, and I know you're in the IT field, technology changes so rapidly. How do you stay on top of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, something has changed from when we started this conversation, I'm sure, right? So it's one <laughs> of those things where it's it's uh, it's always happening. So uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's not uh, uh, surprising, I, I think. And, and not only technology. So we, we listen to technology podcasts. We listen to business podcasts. We listen to politics, even. It, it, everything kind of informs uh, your worldview and kind of understanding what's going on. So that's one. Uh, peer groups, so we're learning from our peers, sure. Uh, our vendor partners, uh, we learn a lot from them as well. Um, and, uh, and, and, and reading and websites. You have to be curious. The, the IT business, and especially in cybersecurity, you have to have an innate sense of curiosity to look and explore and try things. Uh, otherwise, uh, it, it doesn't work and you don't move forward and you end up with... Uh, uh, companies that are are held in the past, uh, and and where our view is when it comes to technology is is not technology for technology's sake. That was kind of how it happens sometimes in corporate because there's so many layers. But you know we really look to align uh, technology with what the business goals are, not only for uh, ourselves but obviously for our customers too. So that's how we approach it with them. It's like how is this technology going to help them be better or help them reduce their risk? And if we're now charging $1,000 to protect something that costs $300 to replace, maybe that doesn't make sense. But if you take a step back and says, okay, this $1,000 investment is going to help them um, reduce uh, overhead because their staff can now do other things because we're automating it. That makes sense. If we're saving them from the potential loss of being out of business for two days with this, you know, a thousand dollar device or equipment or whatever, then that makes sense. But we, you have to make sure that the, the, all these things align. Yeah. So throwing like business cases together, really doing due diligence on like new software and advancements uh, because yep. You, like myself, there's a lot of things going on in digital, right? Yeah. Um, advancements, changes, uh, updates. Um, there's so much like moving yeah. to 5G, I'm sure will have huge ramifications in terms of like just processing speed. Um, you know, people have the ability to do a thousand times as much or fast as 4G, right? So there's a lot going on. Um, so it's great to hear that you're curious and as a business owner, you have to be, or else why would you be in this IT world, right? Yeah, and we approach other, it's it's helped us approach other things too uh, in that way. So, you know, even though it started out with a curiosity in technology, that's expanded to a curiosity in uh, business. Like how can we do something better, you know, faster, cheaper? 
Uh, how can we, same thing with marketing. Can we, how, what can we do that is going to give us more, uh, more leverage with our marketing spend? Uh, all that, the curiosity definitely helps expand into a lot of different areas. That's amazing. So early days, I just want to ask you, um, I know you mentioned you got a lot of referrals or you had a lot of contacts to get you going to start. Um, it helped you get the, get in the door, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of that, how else did you try to get new customers? Um, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So when, uh, from a lead gen point of view, uh, we we kind of I don't want to say we cast a large net, but we we do go down some certain factors. So uh, referrals certainly. Um, we also use centers of influence. It's kind of like an offshoot of that, where uh, a company that will um, you know sometimes they're called joint ventures, but we we sometimes we will use another third party that also sells to our customer base. And work with them in order to to do things to uh, to uh, uh, leverage their contacts. We leverage our contacts on their behalf, etc. Um, networking uh, and even more so, actually, uh, uh, you know, in-person networking as well as online networking with like platforms like LinkedIn has been very uh, beneficial for us. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, we, we try to get the word out, you know, whether it's uh, something like this or we, we put out a paper or we write a book. Uh, you know, we have another book coming out where we do, we're doing a chapter in a, a cybersecurity book where the anchor chapter at the end um, that is uh, being released on Amazon in the next couple of weeks. So it's any of those things we, we try to use as leverage to because um, I'm again, it's one person I'm, you know, chief technology, chief sales, chief marketer, you know, I'm doing all these things. So we want to make sure we maximize our time doing all these things. So uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a lot, lot of things. Uh, and then some things we go a little bit deeper because we've seen uh, a growth on it. For example, email marketing. Um, I haven't been used, uh, fully successful on that. I think it's been uh, one of the areas that it's a weak point for us is list building. And as a result of that, that's kind of uh, hurt us in our email marketing game. But we've done better in other areas like social marketing through direct connections, um, in-person marketing, and then the centers of influence. Those would be the big three for us. That's awesome. Um, and then a couple last questions. So, you know, it seems like you've been doing this for a couple years and, you know, 12 plus years, what continues what's your key driver right now? What, what keeps you going? What's your purpose of, and, and goals at the end of it? Yeah. When my wife and I started the company uh, in 2008, our ultimate goal was always that we would build something that we could pass on. So Generation. yeah, we, this was always the decision, the decision early on was always that Triada would be a multi-generational company and that one or more of our boys uh, will step into it and probably will take it and change it in some way and, and, and make it even better than it is. And that's kind of the, uh, the idea. It's also allowed us uh, a certain kind of lifestyle for sure, right? So it's been 
it's allowed me to coach soccer. It's allowed me to be on the school board. It's allowed me to, um, you know, pay for three colleges. Uh, you know, we have two in college now, one graduated recently. Uh, the fourth one's still in high school. So it's, uh, it's allowed us to do a lot of those other things that otherwise I think would not have been as easily possible. Definitely not spending them as much time as I did with them with sports and what have you. Um, if I was in corporate still. That's amazing. And then um, do you see any of your children picking this up? Like, are they into IT right now? Are they yeah, into- my oldest is. Uh, my oldest graduated with an IT degree. Uh, nice. He is working uh, with a friendly competitor right now. It's always been the idea that he should go uh, work somewhere else, kind of learn on his own. And then uh, when he's ready, uh, you know, come back. And that's, uh, that's so far, that's been working out as planned. Uh, the others, uh, we're not so sure. Uh, there may be one more in there somewhere. We'll see. And, and it might be something that they, they, they take, they add something to it that they, that wasn't something that, uh, um, originally planned, you know, uh, uh, my second son is a, a computer engineer. So, uh, that's what I studied in college, even though I eventually went into IT. Um, computer engineering in the mid-90s or early 90s is completely different than it is now. Computer engineering today is more more software and devices and, and you know, uh, mobile devices and what have you. And I think there is an opportunity with taking that into bringing that into our company and then kind of expanding it even more. So there's, uh, there's, there's some other uh, possibilities. In the future. That's amazing. So have you been dripping them with like potentially kind of taking this over eventually or subtly, of course, because it's kind of overwhelming for someone for children, right? Like- yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how subtle we were. Uh, you know, we, it's always been, you know, they're, they're around it, right? My, yeah, my, uh, my office is, is in my house. It has been for, you know, six, seven years now, uh, even prior to the pandemic. So uh, they see what we do and what I do and, and, and that sort of thing. They've always had it, even the ones that are less inclined to get involved in uh, IT or, 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 or computers, they still have, uh, I would say, a computer technology skill set that maybe they, they, you know, from that sort of influence. But we've always talked about it. And we talk about business at the table. You know, they, they understand kind of what's going on. We've included them more and more as they've gotten older. So uh, there, I wouldn't say there's an expectation, but we always wanted to uh, have them have the option that this is, if this is something you want to do, we've, I think we've shown to them that business ownership is, uh, there's some, um, there's a lot of good to it. You also are going to get some stress. You're going to see that, you know, that's definitely not a, uh, it's not as, uh, you know, you punch out at five o'clock and you go home. Not like any other IT job necessarily. You punch up at IT <laughs> and go home and that's that's the end of it. I, I feel like I, I still used to work 15, 18 hour days back then. But it's a uh, it's one of those things where it's rewarding um, in many other ways um, yeah. for that. It, it sounds like it's super gratifying. It sounds like you set yourself up uh, for the next generation, your, your family to be involved. I hope so. 
And it seems like you're a great dad, right? And that's what everyone wants to be, right? Like they want to play a, a vital part in children's career or, you know, life and being present. It sounds like you're allowing them to see and a lot of people are afraid, right? They're, they're not certain. And it, it's great that you're embracing everything and letting them in on what's potentially possible if they yeah. decide to choose this kind of career. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that. I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Rafi. I, I did have a really good time um, just learning about your journey, learning about your business. Um, so how can some of the listeners get a hold of you, your business, and learn a little bit more about your services? Yeah, so uh, you can reach us out at triadanet.com. It's T-R-I-A-D-A-N-E-T.com. Uh, learn about what we do. Um, we do work with... Uh, small businesses of all kinds, even though we primarily focus on financial services companies, you can set up a consultation. If you go to um, triadonet.com slash podcast, it'll actually uh, take you to a little uh, giveaway if you're interested to uh, fill out your information, we uh, send some information back to you. Amazing. Well, Rafi, we had a great time uh, getting to know you. There's a lot of people out there that need to hang out with good business owners that are looking for the best interests of others. And it sounds like you're molding your family and making sure that they're involved in the business. And that's, I'm sure, how you take care of your clients as well. So I love it. Thanks a lot, Rafi, for joining me today. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.